Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in for our preview podcast for 13th annual pep talk taking place this January 13 to 17, 2014 in Palm Springs, California. I'm Nandini Kashyap, Conference Director at Cambridge Health Tech Institute. And we are delighted to have with us today one of our speakers, Dr. William Byersmith from Pfizer. He's speaking in the second annual Extractable and Leachable Conference taking place January 16 to 17 as part of Pep Talk 2014 event. Dr. Byersmith has been a toxicologist in pharmaceutical industry for 25 years. Currently, he's a regulatory strategy lead in the Drug Safety R&D Division at Pfizer. Among his current responsibilities, he leads a group of toxicology experts who provide chemical risk assessment support for matters related to Pfizer's pharmaceutical portfolio worldwide. During his career, Bill has been involved in wide range of toxicology issues associated with, with impurities in drugs, including the development of strategies to risk assess extractable and leachable. Bill, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Bill, I would like to begin by asking you to share with us a little bit about yourself and your role at Pfizer. Well, I've had several different responsibilities during my career at Pfizer. That over the last 10 to 15 years, a large percentage of my time has to deal with impurity-related issues in pharmaceutical products, specifically risk assessing chemicals that are found in the products to ensure that we can develop a safety position for them. Thank you, Bill. And what are the key challenges in the field of extractable and leachable from a toxicologist's point of view? Well, with extractables and leachables, unlike with process-related impurities where there are acceptable guidelines as to allowable levels and so forth, those don't exist for extractables and leachables. Extractables and leachables have apparently a lot of challenges associated with them particularly when one looks at leachables, they can be a very different group of chemicals, vast structural difference. Therefore, all of them intrinsically likely have very different types of toxicity profiles, whereas with process-related impurities, since many of them have some structural similarity to the actual drug itself, they tend to more likely have toxicity profile that's similar to uh, the drug itself. So with leachables in particular, you're looking at a much more complex situation in terms of the risk assessment process compared to a process-related impurity. Thank you, Bill. So what do you think needs to be done to ensure patient safety, especially when it comes to risk associated with extractable and leachables? Well, with leachables, what we have to do is ensure patient safety from essentially unintentional exposure to chemicals that are originating from the actual packaging components that are enclosing the drug. Very often, these in the past haven't really received a lot of notice, a lot of appreciation. But as the years have gone by, we've become more and more tuned into the fact that chemicals do migrate into drugs, parenteral drugs, particularly from a container closure system. And we have to be aware of them because many of them do have robust toxicological profiles and we have to make sure, just as with any other impurity that comes from the manufacturer of the drug, we have to make sure that we ensure the patients when exposed 
fact of life uh, that we can, in fact, prove safety. And if not, we may have to make alterations or changes to our container closure systems uh, to ensure that any concerning chemicals that cannot be risk assessed will not find their way into the final product. Thank you, Bill. And what are the recent developments in this field, and where do you think this field is heading in the next five years? I think over the years I've seen an increased awareness, both in terms of regulatory communications and other colleagues in toxicology throughout the industry, that this is, in fact, a, a matter that is uh, of concern, deserves increased scrutiny. But the lack of regulatory guidelines is always something that makes addressing these chemicals very difficult. The Product Quality Research Institute, PQRI, is currently involved in helping to develop some guidelines, some recommendations for guidelines that may make it easier both for chemists and toxicologists to address this issue more effectively and efficiently in the future. And this is a important program. It's one that I and many others are involved with, including uh, members from the regulatory community. And we're hopeful that in the near future, it'll be able to form the framework to how to approach this issue, both from an analytical chemistry standpoint and a toxicology standpoint. And we see that you will be delving into the toxicological risk assessment for extractable and leachable in your upcoming talk on January 16th. Well, can you give us a brief preview of your talk? Certainly. Typically in years past, at the extractable stage, this was considered primarily a very important analytical exercise to determine what materials might leach into the final product upon storage under normal storage conditions, those latter chemicals being the leachables. But as time has gone by, you know, we've become more and more concerned identifying a problem early on. And one of the things that I'll be talking about is involving the toxicologist at the extractable stage. Because at this stage, the toxicologist can take a look at these chemicals from a safety point of view, since a subset of them will likely go on to become leachables, and identify if there's any potential safety issues that are associated with any of those extractables. If there are some concerning extractables found, the problem can be mitigated at that stage and keep the program moving forward rapidly and efficiently. If you only bring the toxicologist in at the very end at the leachable stage, you may be faced with a situation where a leachable cannot be risk assessed. In that particular case, you may be forced to go back and essentially start all over again and identify materials and conduct extractable studies and then subsequent leachable studies, ultimately getting a more favorable leachable profile, which can be risk assessed. So importantly, getting the toxicologist involved at the earliest stages of extractable and leachable work is of great benefit, and I'm going to show an example of where we did find a problem with a chemical at the extractable stage, and we're able to mitigate that problem because the toxicologist was involved with the team at that point in development. 
Thank you, Bill. And it makes sense. We are certainly looking forward to your talk. My last question to you is, are there any particular speakers or talks that you are looking forward to? I always enjoy interacting, actually, with the individuals at the conferences because we have so many interesting general thoughts and ideas and separate ideas about how to approach this particular matter. It is one that, again, there aren't a lot of guidelines addressing it. And very often people have very different views on how to approach that the issue. So I think one of the things that I enjoy the most about the meeting is being able to talk with, with individuals that, uh, that are attending it and having such discussions and basic strategies for how to address these issues. Thank you, Bill. Thanks a lot for sharing your insights. I look forward to meeting you in Palm Springs. And me too. Folks, that was Dr. William Bayeshmith from Pfizer. He'll be speaking during the second annual Extractable and Leachable Conference on January 16th at the upcoming Pep Talk event, which runs from January 13th to 17th in Palm Springs, California. If you would like to hear Dr. Bayeshmith's talk in person and other leading experts in Extractable and Leachable, please go to www.chi-peptalk.com to register and enter key code podcast. That brings us to the end of another podcast from CHI. I'm Nandini Kashyap. Thank you so much for joining and happy holidays, everyone. Goodbye for now.